The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again on Winning Ponies. Big week coming up. Pull down your easy win forms from Winning Ponies, and let's go cash some tickets. As you know, it is Breeders' Cup week, and uh, we'll go into some of the highlights there. Just want to let you know who we're going to have on the show tonight. I was really lucky to land Wesley Ward, uh, one of the uh, nations and now uh, international trainers uh, that uh, of great renown who came from very humble roots and is now currently in the second spot at the standings at Keeneland. He's going to be a busy man on Breeders' Cup weekend. He has nonetheless of at least five scheduled to go to post. Of course, his big horse, last year's winner of the Philly and Mare Sprint Division, Judy the Beauty. So we'll talk to Wesley not only about his Breeders' Cup horses, but about his forays over to Europe, where over the past few years he's become very successful. And then we're going to have uh, native Kentuckian uh, Dick Downey with us. Uh, in his former life, he was an attorney and a retired circuit court judge, but he's really big into the big races, particularly the Derby, the Triple Crown Trail, and the Breeders' Cup. And interesting enough that uh, Dick is now going to be kind of a backup on Breeders' Cup weekend for none other than multiple Eclipse Award winner Jenny Reese. So uh, he's been kind of keeping an eye on the Euros. That seems to be his role over next weekend uh, is to track the uh, Euros. He's going to be there every day uh, starting tomorrow at Keeneland, so we'll be getting his reports. And then, of course, my main man, Steady Eddie, Ed Meyer, will be joining us. We're going to uh, talk about Keeneland. He's been uh, doing awful well down there, so we're going to kind of see if there's any trends that are going on at Keeneland. And also we'll probably handicap a race or two, one from Keeneland, and I believe we've got one out on the West Coast that is graded. So, again, this is the week you want to bet because there's big pools and you've got a chance at making a lot of money. We did have some good, easy win form winners for you up at Delaware Park. A $1 super box paid over $3,200. And in the bluegrass at Keeneland, a $2 pick six paid $2,807. Let's go a little bit east of Mountaineer. A $1 Super Key paid $2,800. And then out on the West Coast had a 50-cent Pick 5 that paid $2,600 and a $1 Super Key that paid $2,500 at Santa Anita. So come on, make sure you get over to the website. This is the week, and it is the big matchup. Of course, we've got uh, the first time ever that the races are going to be held at Keeneland. The purses and awards totaling $26 million. Uh, the Breeders' Cup will be televised live by NBCSN and NBC. Uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic, the granddaddy of them all, will be aired at 535 on NBC. That's a two-hour broadcast, and that is Eastern Time. So, of course, uh, the climatic event, the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, this is going to be awful interesting. You've got uh, Triple Crown winner American Pharaoh, who, uh, if he wins it, he's going to win what is now called the Grand Slam. But the Supermare, beholder, she's on the grounds at Keeneland, and she's back and she's healthy. It'll be very interesting, but we certainly can't forget uh, the older horses. Uh, they're going to be in there. You've got an international uh, intrigue with uh, Glenn Eagles that'll be coming in. And let's not forget the Honor Code, Hard Aces, Smooth Roller, Tonalist, and the horse that last beat American Pharaoh, Keen Ice. So that is the uh, the key in the big one that's going to be run at Keeneland over this weekend. Uh, of course, the uh, 
$1.5 million Breeders' Cup sprint. A lot of people will be rooting for Run Happy. He's kind of a blue-collar worker that uh, burst onto the scene. It'll be interesting to see if he can hold his form together. Already has a win over the Keeneland Strip. Uh, of course, complementing that is the $1 million seven furlong Breeders' Cup filly and mare. And we will see Judy the Beauty. We'll be asking Wes Ward about Judy the Beauty, who actually finished third, lost her first race ever at Keeneland in the Turf Club of America. It was a grade two, but uh, she had an inside trip that day and kind of got bogged down on the inside and just couldn't get through. By the time she did, it was too late. And Fioretti got the job done. And Fioretti, of course, uh, was uh, ridden by Sophie Doyle, who we had on the show a week ago. Got to see Sophie today. Wished her best of luck down there uh, at Keeneland. Uh, some of the other uh, major ones would be the $2 million Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. That's uh, uh, 1 and 3 16 miles. Uh, Stephanie's Kitten may be the one to beat there. Uh, the $2 million Longis Breeders' Cup this staff. Uh, today I got to watch Untappable School in the Paddock and she was a little more on her toes. She didn't have her head down. She was up. She was looking good. Very keen-eyed as she schooled in the paddock uh, after the uh, third race today. And uh, the uh, Breeders' Cup $2 million mile, they're bringing in Carol Conite, the Japanese bred uh, for one mile on the turf course. Uh, so there's so many good horses, we can't t- talk about them all, but uh, those are certainly the ones that, that we're going to want to watch, and there'll be plenty to talk about here on, on the show. Of course, American Pharaoh, uh, he is, I guess you'd say, the headliner. First time a Triple Crown winner will ever uh, run in a Breeders' Cup Classic, and he put in a great six-furlong drill on Tuesday morning, officially timed in one ten point. Four. Big crowd showed up for the works. Uh, he uh, had a stable mate working with him. Midway through the drill, he was three links back, and all of a sudden he caught Madame Aramara at the car- quarter pole, left her, and then there were some horses that were in front of him, and he went ahead and ran them. They were far in front, and uh, that gave him a new target. He didn't catch the, the horses, but he did go by them as they pulled up, and uh, Baffert was just so pleased. He was just really, really good. Um, it was kind of interesting, and like one quote that Bob Baffert made, though, in saying it's sort of sad that this was his last work. We'll ever let him work as hard that way. The next one will be really easy. So that will probably be a really easy one over the Keeneland course. Now, taking uh, to the Keeneland course today, uh, thank God, was Beholder. Earlier in the week, uh, the, the headlines were she had spiked a fever. Uh, she didn't go out on the track. Mandela didn't seem to phased by it and uh, had her tested, said, man, her lungs are perfectly clean. She looks great. Um, And uh, Beholder actually galloped on the track at Keeneland today. She was the first Breeders' Cup saddle towel out around the Oval. So uh, she's going to have an easy go. And uh, uh, Mandela had her pretty much uh, wound up pretty well out on the West Coast before she got here. Uh, Judy the Beauty did have a tune-up for her appearance. Uh, She went five furlongs in company and 101 at two just three days ago with Karen Fail on a board. Uh, If you go up on YouTube, you can get a look at that one. It it was... uh, was, uh, Posted and man, she was tugging at Karen. So, uh, good news is it looks like uh, the the big matchup between uh, Pharaoh and Beholder. Certainly not the only horses in the race, but uh, it's going to make for some historic headlines. Should one of the two of those win? Uh, also, out on the West Coast, unbeaten Songbird worked out there and won thirteen and three. Mike Smith will be in to ride her for uh, trainer Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, Honor Code on the East Coast uh, had a really fast work uh, going uh, early in the morning and uh, worked in 58 and 1 over the main track at Belmont Park. And you know, Shug McGee doesn't work his horses that fast. Again, he'll be pointing towards the classic. So uh, all the horses that are pointing look really good right now. Keep your fingers crossed. Knocked on wood, and uh, it is going to be one exceptional weekend of racing remember it is it is two days it is uh, friday and saturday so there'll be plenty of racing for you for you uh, to watch and uh there'll be uh 
up to two also eligibles for each championship race. So we'll find out as the week goes on actually who is going to be in there. Uh, scratch time uh, will be on Friday, October 30th at 8 in the morning. Well, because of American Pharaoh, the stud fee for Pioneer of the Nile has more than doubled. Windstar Farm announced that he will now stand for a minimum of $125,000, the highest on the farm's roster of 22 stallions. So you want to get the Pioneer of the Nile? $125,000 is what it will cost. And uh, Windstar is uh, very confident that uh, he is going to be uh, well-supported and uh, they wanted to release the stud fee early so people knew. And uh, their other courses that had stellar years were uh, Speedstown and uh, Super Saver. So Windstar uh, has plenty of horses, too, represented by their stallions in the Breeders' Cup. So uh, you might want to get in now and lock in on a, uh, a stud fee before the Breeders' Cup and one of those horses wins. Um, the NTRA top thoroughbred poll at the top, it is American Pharaoh. Right behind him is Beholder. And then Honor Code, Liam's Map, Tonalist, Private Zone, Keen Ice, Shared Belief, Flintshire, and Lady Eli, who we all are really hoping will be able to uh, make a comeback. Uh, Jockey of the Week was Cliff Berry, no stranger Remington Park. He won two stakes there on Friday night. Those two wins came in Oklahoma Classics, a night to help them win the award. So congratulations to Cliff Berry, who uh, said that at the conclusion of Lone Star Park's thoroughbred meet, uh, he was going to be hanging up his tack. Cliff Berry is... 52 years old. So, uh, again, congratulations to him for Jockey of the Week. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the races we looked at last week from Belmont Park. It was the Futurity. The winner pinched back last, got up at 7-1. This annual report, annual report, trained by Kieran McLaughlin, was a $600,000 purchase, making his second start, takes the Belmont Futurity in the second spot was King Krantz, and finishing third was Manhattan Dan, who had all of the of the early speed. Let's move on to another race that we looked at last week, the Raven Run from Keeneland, and the winner in there was Sarah Sis at 17 to 1, an upset. Florent Giroux is very hot at Keeneland right now. Uh, took the mount. Running second was the favorite, Bar of Gold, who uh, set the pace in there. And uh, the third race that we looked at was the uh, Hawthorne Derby, run at a mile and an eighth on the turf. The winner there was the favorite at 5-2, to two, Lucky Lindy, Robbie Alvarado making the trip up north. All right, that's a look at the national action. Plenty to find out. You can go to BreedersCup.com to get all the information there on the races that will be coming up Friday and Saturday. Let's take a quick break because with us next is Wesley Ward. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, with us, very lucky to be able on a busy week to get Wesley Ward with us. Of course, Wesley, a very interesting background. I believe a son of a trainer from Stella, Washington, if I'm saying that now. Uh, he was a champion a jockey that won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Apprentice Jockey back in 1984. And then something I didn't quite know about for the last time I spoke to him, that he went on to compete at racetracks in Italy, Malaysia, and Singapore uh, before uh, he kind of grew out of the saddle. So uh, with us right now, Wesley Ward. Wes, good to see you today. How you doing? Oh, doing great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Happy to have you on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your exposure to the sport and growing up around horses? Yeah, I come from a real small track in Washington State, Yakima Meadows. My dad was a real small trainer, and basically, you know, growing up, that's that's all I knew, and that's all I ever wanted to know, and that's all I wanted to be. And so, did your uh, did you start breaking babies with your dad? I mean, what was your first exposure on horseback? Yeah, I mean, just on the racetrack my whole life. Um, and then in the, in the wintertime, the racing shuts down, and we always broke courses. So that's about it. Well, <clears throat> obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know how to break them good. I read a, a recent uh, story by Andy Byer, and, and over the years I've, I've got to kind of witness it myself that, um, you know, you came into the profession you didn't have the top-level horses. You didn't have wealthy owners behind you. But somehow uh, you have been able to, over the years, find and select horses, even many with modest pedigrees, and instantaneously uh, turn them into win- winners. What is it you do getting your horses so prepared at a young age because your percentage with two-year-olds is through the roof? I'm just preparing them early and pretty much when you come into their first races mine are a little bit more prepared than than my competition just because i i spend every day with them all afternoon just a lot of long days making sure they go through all their routines and everything to where they know the gate they're very seasoned when they go to their first start well, I've watched you for many years uh, at Keeneland, where I've had the chance to see it in person. Um, do, you, do a lot of your horses, I mean, right after, I mean, I've seen you blow so many of these blue-blooded horses right out of the water. I mean, is your phone ringing off the hook from uh, prospective buyers shortly after they break their maiden like that? No, not so much. You know, I mean, I, I kind of get to get the jump on everybody. And, and then... Through the course of the summer, then it'll kind of even out after everybody else has a start or two, and the light goes on in everybody else's horses. So that's when I sort of lose my advantage. And at the start, I, you know, I was able to sell some horses and or go into the claim box to where people would claim them off me. But it doesn't really happen so much anymore. But I, you know, sort of opened up a new market and going over to Europe and. They made it successful over there. I have been able to sell some horses and been very competitive over there as well. Yes, you have. And what was your philosophy behind that? You became, I believe, the first North American uh, base trainer ever to win a race at, at Royal Ascot. Uh, was this a game plan that you had been thinking about for a couple of years, or did the light just go on? No, I was thinking about it for quite some time because... When you break your maiden early, you know, there's only a couple different stakes races throughout the country that you can run in. And sort of somewhere on the same philosophy as trying to get them ready early and you're kind of a little bit more prepared than the people you're running against. With England having such a tough climb, and I just felt, or I really thought that I'd have a little bit of an advantage over there in 
preparing my horses in Florida and then coming into Keeneland and, and, and having winners and then going over there where they're having a battle with the weather and certain days that they can't train. I thought mine would be a little bit more schooled to where I could have an advantage and, and it, and it's, it's, it's worked. It sure has. Now, Wes, do you, uh, normally, uh, bring your horses there pretty much off the plane and start them, or do you bring them early to acclimate them? No, I try to run right off the plane. You bring them cranked up and ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, all the they've already ran, they've already won, they're, they've already proven that they should warrant going there. So... You know, a lot of that, going over there, there was a ground. You have to have fast ground. Because in in England, their horses are bred for hundreds of years for the off-going to where they can run in the off-going as fast as they can run on a fast ground. Completely different than us. And it's it's really been a big eye-opener and education for me to go because their horses... You just can't beat them in, in, in the off-going where over here, we'll, we would never get to see if our horses can, you know, certain horses that can run on um, heavy going or certain horses run on fast because as soon as it rains here, they take it off the grass. <laughs> so you'd never, you'd never know. You know, pretty much you have to have a firm ground horse or you're not going to ever get a chance to see if he if, or any of the horses can run on a, on a heavy ground because we take it off the turf. Exactly. Uh, it's a it's a great point. It's a great plan, and we root for you every year when when you make your way over there. Well, uh, what, one of the best storylines I think in the Breeders' Cup uh, is is Judy the Beauty. And uh, what's interesting about Judy the Beauty is that when I look at its owner trainer Wesley A. Ward, uh, do you take a certain amount of pride in being the one that that that, that picked her uh, out of the sale. Um, I, I believe it was for about $40,000, and you've retained some ownership of her, and now she's six years old. I mean, how special is she to you, Wes? Oh, she's she's very special. Uh, I paid $20,000 for her, and, um, you know, and I, I would never have imagined that she could have achieved the success that she has. And she's come over a lot of adversities and a lot of different injuries. She came over to still be at the top of her division. And to actually to go on to win an Eclipse Award was just amazing. It really was. And uh, in her last race, I was there, and it wasn't your fault, wasn't the jockey's fault. It was my fault because I had her keyed in all my pick five. Uh, but uh, Judy the Beauty, she, uh, describe it to me because in watching the race, it kind of looked like she kind of got buried and, and pinned down on the inside and didn't really get a chance to put forth her best effort because I know she loves the strip there. Kate. She does. I mean, she was undefeated going, going into the race. Um, but she, she really, all of her races, she's kind of settled and came around them. Uh, and that's, especially at Keeneland. And she doesn't really like to get pinned down in on the rail. And unfortunately we drew the inside and Mike Smith wasn't able to wake his work his way out. So we were sort of a little bit of a victim of circumstance and we got beat. Um, well, obviously, I, I watched uh, the the video of her training last week, uh, earlier this week, I should say, with uh, Kieran Fallon in the saddle. Uh, she looked like she was ready to tug him out. I mean, is she sitting on go again? I think she's ready. <laughs> well, I hope you I hope you don't draw the the, the rail, Wes. Now, uh, being being a six year old, or uh, is this the time to, to to stop and breed her? Obviously, she's got so much residual value now. Not to mention one heck of a pedigree. Yeah, I probably would have done it last year had the Breeders' Cup not being here at Keeneland. I just wanted to take one shot on her home course, where she was undefeated up until two weeks ago, but I, I think she's going to have a big chance to get to get it done. 
Well, we're certainly uh, wishing you nothing but the best. And as, as we spoke uh, off off microphone earlier, you still don't know, depending on uh, the, the situation down in Miami. I know you've got some sons that are young athletes, and that's why you didn't get to watch uh, Judy the Beauty win this race last year. So it's still up in the air whether or not uh, you might be at Keeneland or watching a cross-country meet. Yeah, we'll find out by the weekend. Well, whatever happens, I, I I hope either Judy Beauty wins or 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 young Mr. Ward wins his cross country. But it says a lot about you as a man to uh, to keep your 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 family foremost. Um, you're going to be foremost represented in in the turf sprint division, the Grade One uh, million dollar race there. Uh, I guess uh, you're going to make uh, some of your owners kind of happy and. Other ones, uh, you know, I mean, this is this is the place for them. I mean, Green Mask, The Great War, Undrafted. Uh, what can you tell us about each one of them? Because they all seem to have distinct qualities. Well, you know, they're all gonna, very quality horses. All three can win. Um, you know, it's just a, it's going to be a question of the trip. Five and a half is a little short for Undrafted, but this also being where he's trained his whole life that he should probably raise his, you know, his, his game up a, a notch or two. He's got Frankie DeTore, who's just amazing, magical guy. Um, Green Basque is training out of his mind right now. I, I think he's going to run a huge, huge race. Um, he ran really big in Dubai. He probably should have won, according to what Frankie said, right when he got off the horse. And we gave him some time to get over that trip, and he ran a big race down in Kentucky Downs, although it was a deep, heavy surface. It rained, uh, so he still ran through that, which he really likes a firm course. So, he, you know, with the weather probably going to be a little cool and keeping the, the, the course tight, I think it should be to his liking. And the Great War ran a beautiful race up. In Canada, we're coming back a little quick, so that's a little bit of a knock against him. But, you know, it it also could be a little bit of an advantage, too. You never know. So, I mean, all three have big chances. And all three, uh, with different ownership, I assume that uh, they, they'll, they'll run uncoupled. Uh, so it could be really interesting to see if it wouldn't be a, a, a Wesley Ward trifecta in the uh, Grade 1 turf sprint division. Like I said, they all have unique qualities, and you make a case for each one. Now, Wes, I believe you said that uh, Frankie DeTore is going to ride undrafted. Could you tell us who's going to ride uh, Green Mask and the Great War? Do you know yet? Uh, Ryan Moore will ride the Great War. He uh, rides first call for Coolmore. So he'll ride that one. And uh, the green mask will be ridden by Joel Rosario. Who really just missed, like you said. And I, I did see the Kentucky Downs, as we know, was very, very soggy that week. And uh, to only miss uh, by a half length. I've uh, been talking to people in and around Keeneland today. And they say that the outlook is for pretty much dry weather um, during the week. Uh, sunny may go into the 50s, but those conditions should make for firm footing on the uh, on the turf course down there. I would think. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope it's just good weather for everybody because I'm really looking forward to having the Breeders' Cup here at Keeneland. This is where I base all myself and all my good horses here for years now, a year round, and so I'm I'm really excited to get everybody in here from all over the world to enjoy. With, with what I think is the best place to train a racehorse in the world. Uh, well, I won't disagree with you there, and I just wanted to know, I've only got a few seconds left, but how do you weigh in on the Breeders' Cup Classic? Do you have an opinion that looks like a sensational historical race? I think it's going to be unbelievable. I think there's a lot of horses that, you know, other than the the, the big mare and, and – um, American Pharaoh, I think there's a lot of horses that can step up and maybe get an upset, but I really don't see the big horse getting beat. Uh, you know, he's He looks like he's shooting good right now in all of his breezes, and he just looks like he's a, a once-in-a-lifetime horse that I was able to be on hand to watch when he won the Triple Crown, 
And, you know, he was an unfortunate loss there at Saratoga, which, you know, all the greats have lost as well. But um, I think he's going to, especially with the time he's had from that loss, getting him back to his home base, right under Bob's uh, thumb. I know he's coming in here, you know, leaving no stone unturned. And I, th- I think he's, I think we're going to see something special. I, I really hope we do. I know that the crowd side is going to be limited, but I think that the national audience, as we've seen all through the Triple Crown, uh, the, the ratings have been through the roof, so it's really going to be a historic day. But uh, what I really want to see is uh, a uh, uh, West Ward trifecta in the turf sprint division. Uh, I pray that Judy the Beauty gets an outside post and gets the job done for you in the sprint. I thank you so much for your time, Wesley. Best of luck to you. No worries. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Wesley Ward was uh, spending time with us. We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to be with Dick Downey of the Downey Profile. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and as I said at the top of the show, uh, our second guest would be Dick Downey a native Kentuckian. Uh, he's an attorney, and uh, he's a retired circuit uh, court judge, uh, and then he's been hired again, and then he's retired again, and he's been <laughs> hired again now. Uh, he's going to be covering the Breeders' Cup and uh, going to be working alongside one of my favorite people in the world and I believe one of the best turf riders in the world, and that is Jenny Reese. But it's just it's, it's too much to, to handle as far as uh, all of the great races are going to take place at Keeneland. So uh, they brought in a, t- a top guy, Dick Downey. You're going to be helping Jenny out. How are you doing? Doing great, John. Hey, I'm just discussing the weather report with Wesley, long-term report for the Lexington area. Looks like fairly clear, sunny, might be a little chilly, but it looks like uh, we're going to have pretty good conditions for the weekend. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. I know uh, with with what little rain they had and some of the turf racing it had, it looked like uh, they. I was out there today. Uh, they were filling divots, and I know that uh, I believe that uh, uh, works on the turf course have been suspended. Is that a fact, Jack? Well, I, I wasn't up here today. Uh, I arrived the next evening, and I haven't heard. I'll be out there in the morning. But uh, yeah. Plus, we're getting so close right now, a lot of horses won't be working anyhow. Maybe just a, a, a nice uh, gallop. So how is your week setting up? Uh, what, what, what's, what are the next uh, seven days going to be in the life of Dick Downey? Well, I'll be out of the track every morning early and my horses work. Now, uh, I'll be reporting on the Journal uh, on their website, thejournal.com. Um, I'll be compiling all posts. For the last few weeks, I like to find, find the internet, uh, salient facts, good quotes that sometimes can carry forward uh, two or three weeks. 
predict a winner. No, you never know where you find the information you need. It's not always what happened yesterday or last week. Um, Dick, you, you're kind of breaking up on me a little bit. You're not on speakerphone, are you? No. Okay. Well, then go outside, put an aluminum hat on, and face the northeast, okay? <laughs> I'm hearing an echo of my own voice. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll bear, bear with it for now. Now, um, I know it's going to be really hard to cover all the European horses that came in, but I thought that you alluded the other day to me that that's maybe going to be one of your assignments is to keep an eye on the European horses. Well, I'll tell you what, there are some good ones coming. Uh, for example, Legatissimo in the Philly and Mare Turf. Uh, there's nothing like being in a Breeders' Cup Fantasy League to, to whet your interest in these things. And I've got several horses on my team that ran, have been running in Europe, and I watched her win the matron stakes over there, and she just won for fun. And uh, I think she is like 11 to 10 in the European betting shops to win the Philly and Mare Turf. She, she's going to be an awesome force, I think. And then uh, well, you've got Golden Horn coming over here for the turf. And then Golden, Golden Horn, you know, he won the arc. And it looks like he has been confirmed in the, the last, uh, today or yesterday, he was confirmed and he is going to come over for the uh, turf. That's a mile and, uh, and a half. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he's going to be awful tough. Uh, Frankie Dettori is going to ride him and, Frankie's always fun to watch, and if he wins, we'll get to see the flying dismount. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He he does play it up pretty good, for sure. Um, Glenn, Glenn Eagles is uh, coming over here and running in the Classic. And, uh, that's the one I want to know about, because I've been reading about him, and they say that he's one of the best European performers, and, of course, over here on this side of the pond, as they say, he he we don't know anything about him. Well, he's... He's had a tough year. He and his whole his whole camp. He won like six Grade Ones in a row or something. He won at Ascot in June, Royal Ascot, and then um, he was scratched out of either three or four consecutive races because the ground was too soft. And uh, he finally got to run in the Queen Elizabeth II on on the 18th of. Um, let me think about this date now. Yeah. The, uh, just two weeks before Breeders' Cup, last last weekend. And he finished uh, sixth in a one-mile race. But again, the ground was a little soft. And Aiden O'Brien said the next day he regretted running him, but he, that he felt like he had to do something because he wanted to ship him over here for the Breeders' Cup. And his comment is, this horse has really low action, and he just is, does not run well on soft ground. He doesn't run. He doesn't have that high action like most turf horses, or like a lot of turf horses do. So apparently, O'Brien thinks he can carry his speed on a firm track around the quarter. He's considered a miler in Europe, but he's going to be an interesting prospect. The last time I looked at Win, he was fourteen to one. Wow. Well, he will add an interesting mix to the race that I'm asking everybody about uh, where I go. I mean, I, as, as long as uh, it looks like all the reports are positive about Beholder right now, she was out on the track uh, this this morning. Uh, looks like that fever was nothing to worry about. Uh, Mandela had her scoped. He said her lungs couldn't be cleaner. Uh, so we're going to have this great headline matchup, and as you know, it's a very deep field, but certainly just want to kind of get your read on the historic matchup between the Triple Crown winner and America's new Zenyatta. Oh, gosh, it's just fantastic. With all the interest that American Pharaoh has generated in, in uh, average sports fans who don't necessarily watch horse racing a lot and then mix the filly in there with that, it's, it should generate a, a lot of interest. I, I think they're going to get good ratings for this classic on, tele, on television. Uh, now, it's just them, a fantastic matchup. With them, be, with them being the headliners, who do you like, perhaps from the older division, uh, to be the upsetter? Obviously, we know Keen Ice can get the job done, but uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Chug's coming in here with honor code. Heck, he worked in like 58 and 1 at Belmont a week ago. Uh, you know, winner of the Whitney, he's wound up. Uh, and Tonalist has just been working lights out, and he won the Jockey Club Gold Cup so impressively. That's his second year in a row winning that race. Uh, of uh, some of the, those veteran runners I talked about, uh, who do you think perhaps is being overlooked in the headlines? 
gosh, I, I, you know, you can narrow down the classic to what are there ten, ten horses in it? You can narrow it down to about eight, can't, can't you? Is there a lot of good horses in there? <laughs> Is there one that I mentioned that uh, that you particularly like? Well, I've just got this thing for honor code. I was up at I went to the Belmont Stakes this year and saw him win the Met Mile. I went down to the far turn to watch the race. I just stood on the ground because I wanted to see where he was coming out of that turn. And he was on the outside, and he was he, that's where he began his move. And what a devastating move he made! And went the mile in a minute thirty three and change, and then comes back and wins the the uh, Whitney. And the Whitney has a strong uh, has had a strong influence on the. Years Cup Classic the last ten years, so and and like you said, he's training great. Shug two works back. Shug said, "I think that's the best he's ever worked." And wow. you know, when a guy like him says something like that, I really pay attention to things like that. He, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I would too, and uh, you know, it's probably going to end up being a great uh, betting race should one of those uh, uh, horses get it done, because you kn- you know that. Uh, the money's going to be going on American Pharaoh and, and Beholder, so it, it could mm-hmm. be an opportunity for to make some money off like a Keen Ice or an Honor Code in this race. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been yeah. talking with Dick Downey. He's going to be pitching in with the Louisville Courier-Journal, helping out my good friend, multiple Eclipse Award-winning writer Jenny Reese, who will be greatly missed on a regular basis, but I'm sure wherever Jenny goes be. on a freelance basis, she's going to get picked up and do just fine, Dick. Oh, yeah. Jenny's great. She's just the best. You know, she won. All right. Well, we've been talking with another one of the best. Dick, I'll see you up in the press box at Keeneland next week. Best of luck to you. Thanks for being with us. All right, John. Thanks a lot for having me on. I enjoyed it. All right. Up next, the man I admire, none other than Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, the voice you hear most regularly on this show, because I love talking to this guy and handicapping with him, the one and only, you not only hear him, but you can read him on Winning Ponies, Ed Meyer. Ed, how you been? It's a long time since I've seen you. It has been, John. I'll tell you what, I... You know, I kind of miss your, uh, your 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 cherubic little face. I want to pinch your cheeks next time I see you. But it's been since the uh, the final day of Beltair Park. Hey, you had a you had a great season calling the ponies up there. It, w- it was a lot of fun. Uh, it seemed to get stronger a little bit uh, at the end of the meet, and uh, hopefully, you can come back next year and get those purses back up and uh, ha- have it even more fun there than we possibly could. Well, I'll tell you what, if we had any more fun, they're liable to dock our pay because uh, every day I don't think neither one of us were actually frowning any time we got, to, got the opportunity to go to work in the races. Well, listen, I, I pulled you in today. We're going to handicap a couple races here towards the end, and we'll just squeeze those in. But basically, I've been watching you killing them at Keeneland. Um, I also know that you've been doing fairly well with your buddy John Godson, who's going to be at the Breeders' Cup in the early morning hours, uh, betting the Euros. Uh, but let's get back 
to Keeneland since that's where the Breeders' Cup's going to be this weekend. Have you seen any trends? Have you seen any biases? Uh, let us know. You're the man. Speed has been really, really doing well, John. If, if you're not just going to take over the lead, you're, you're going to be no more than two to three out. It, it almost actually, the, the track was in spectacular shape. The times were reflective of the true ability. It could be 111 one race, 115 the next. It was dependent on what type of runners. Speed was the king, and that's at all distances. Six furlongs, seven. If you went a mile on the 16th, a mile on an eighth, it, you had to at least be within two to uh, no more than three lengths, and that's only when they have salty fractions. The turf, just like we love it, it's as honest as the day is long. Don't let it be surprised if somebody puts you to sleep on the lead, or as I've seen twice in this past, uh, excuse me, this so last six, seven days of just watching Keelan, I'm going to say they came from at least 20 lengths out of it. Wow. Well, of course, you know, we're going to have, you know, European runners uh, that would uh, relish all, most, except for Glenn Eagles, um, would relish a soft going, but I would talk to uh, your good friend Tyler Picklesheimer today, G.D. Hieronymus, Mike Battaglia, all the regulars down there at uh, your stomping grounds at Keeneland, and they say that the, the outlook is, except for perhaps a little bit uh, this Saturday, which puts us a week away for the most part, that it's going to be dry and sunny all week and potentially in in the mid-50s on Breeders' Cup Day. I think that's good news for a firm turf course and an honest main track. Oh, I'll tell you what. I always make the little tongue-in-cheek joke that they make a deal with the devil. If there was ever a weekend that they would really relish in the 50s to showcase Central Kentucky, John, it would be this, or excuse me, next weekend. Let's let's don't get that contract uh, with the devil just a week too early. I would, I would love to see a great show put on at Keeneland. We both have actually had the opportunity to see what, what remarkable, what a remarkable transformation Keeneland has taken over. And I think that they're ready for it. And I know that the runners are at the track, the turf course. You couldn't have asked for a better venue. And how about our trainer angles? Mark Cassie, <coughs> excuse me, has been through the roof. Uh, He's almost double purse earnings of the trainers. He leads right now. Wes Ward, nipping at his heels, doesn't have much time to catch him. And Kenny McPeak are both tied with, with six apiece. Uh, Asmussen won another one today. Um, any trainers that you see, for some reason, their horses seem to relish the Keeneland going. I think Wes Ward goes without saying. You know, there was one that actually had a winner today and maybe about a seventh place finish, and that was Al Stahl. I always look for a little more out of the Stahl one. Maybe it was just a, a just kind of an odd an anomaly, just something to throw out. But he actually only had one win, I believe, from ten starts now, which I usually I, I look for to the Al Stahl runners, and and I follow them at fairgrounds, and I look for them especially at Keeneland. But there was somebody on the list that has eight starters with four wins. That's Kieran McLaughlin. John and got one in the beat race this Saturday. Absolutely, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, I ran into Todd Pletcher today. Uh, he was there. Uh, of course, Chad Brown will be coming in. So there's going to be new players. I think pretty much when it comes to Breeders' Cup, Ed, you erase the board, the leaderboard. And say that you know you, we got Frankie Dettori coming in, you know you've got oh, these great heroes coming in. I I, I think you kind of as much as certainly experience there that uh, that uh, Corey Landry and uh, Julian Leperu have isn't going to hurt them. Of course, Florent Giroux is kind of like the new kid on the block. Um, I think maybe you, you don't pay too much attention to the standings at Keeneland and and, and you start anew for those for Friday and Saturday. I, I agree. I agree completely. You're, 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 you can't really toss it out the window. You can hold a lot of the little nuances because there's going to be a week in between where they work the track. I'm sure they're going to have ample amounts of water. But, John, when you spoke about Chad Brown, he has the most of any trainer, 14 entrants pre-entered for the Breeders' Cup. That's incredible. Well, earlier on the show, uh, I was lucky enough to have West Ward, who has five in, and He's really looking forward to the turf sprint. Of course, he's really looking forward to Judy the Beauty since he owns her. Um, but he's saying that um, if he gets a, a tight turf course, he's looking for his horses to be uh, very dangerous. Even though uh, the Great War just missed on a good track 
uh, at Woodbine and Kentucky Downs uh, undrafted. Of course, the grade one winner over at Ascot. You remember Kentucky Downs, how deep that was. Um, uh, finished a game second. And Green Mask only was beaten a half a length. So if it tightens up, you know, West Ward, that's his home base right now. He, he's going to be very dangerous, and they're going to run uncoupled. Uh, what do you think about uh, opportunities, not just in that race, but over the day? Uh, do, do you think, like, horses like Beholder and American Pharaoh might be o- over bet, and you could get some huge uh, odds on um, American Pharaoh? Of course, I only got three minutes left, so that's a big question. I mean, huge odds on Honor Code, I meant to say. John, I'll be really honest with you. It wouldn't surprise me. Just for the turf slash, I'm going to say I think the Europeans need a heavier look. It's when you mentioned in the 50s, it's going to be it's going to be a perfect day at Keeneland. I'd look more for the Euros on the turf. As far as the dirt goes, I think you actually would have had to have shown some sort of work. It, it holds just like the Belmont, the Preakness, and everything else how you've ever fared on the Keeneland surface, and especially since the transition from poly to dirt. I'm actually going to give a lot of, a lot of credence to those for the big works and a race or a good prep over the Keeneland surface. Well, I've only got like two minutes left. I know I threw two kind of obscure races at you, but I do want to give our listeners some handicapping. Uh, let's face it, in my opinion, out at Santa Anita in the Twilight Derby um, is the one to beat. You know, I, I, I did look at them. You've got a whole lot of speed there. I'm going to go with second summer, Maria Gutierrez for Peter Yurton, who's winning 30%. John, here's a little uh, bloodstock uh, angle here for you, the damn Green Street. She has two starters, two winners, a stakes winner, both of which have been on the turf. I'm going to go with second summer. You're going to get a little bit of stretch out from a mile to a mile and an eighth. Give me all that you can. Hot Mario Gutierrez aboard. All right. Well, we got the hare and the tortoise. I'm taking um, Catch me if you can. And then at Keeneland, the Pin Oak Valley View. A couple question marks in there with a, a few euros. You've got <clears throat> include Betty, who will be coming from out of the clouds, but she's not known as a turf horse. She's only making her second turf start. And the European horse that Todd Pletcher is bringing in, Osalia, uh, I won't name any more. I just kind of want to know who you like because, in my opinion, this is one of the most wide-open races of the weekend. In fact, it is. And the couple that you did mention include Betty. What a turn of foot. I believe especially in the Mother Goose, and we, I believe we both met her that day at 5-1. to one. John, I'm going to yeah. go with a little bit of a price. 12-1, to one, Prado Sweet Ride, Jose Valdivia, who's going to be going to Fairgrounds right after this meet here, made a middle move in the pucker up at Arlington Park on August 15th. John, there's a bullet workout on October 11th at Keeneland. Give me all that you can on Prado Sweet Ride, 12-1. to one. All right, I will. And as you know, that comes a time when we got to close out winning ponies. I know uh, I'm going to be down there. I understand you have a private suite booked at a track I won't mention. So I wish you nothing but the best at the Breeders' Cup. But I will be checking in with you, Admire, to get your selections before I go down to Keeneland. Best of luck to all the listeners out there. Keep keep your eyes peeled for winning ponies. Going to have a lot of surprises this week for horses to watch. I think you can never get enough. All right, with me, Ed Meyer, and I want to thank Dick Downey, I want to thank Wesley Ward, and I want to thank you for listening. Remember, tell your friends if they missed the show, they can hear it on podcast at winningponies.com. One more time, I'm going to take a look over that manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remind you, when you do go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.